Hey, I'm Stevie. What's up? I'm Monty J. And you're listening to the Bookshelf Boyfriends Podcast. Where we take a deep dive with your favorite contemporary romance authors. Asking them questions about everything from their writing process to their reading habits, plus so much more. Join us as we help you find your next Bookshelf Boyfriend. What's up, bookworms? It's your host, Stevie. What's up, guys? It's MJ. It's been a minute. It's been it's, a minute. It's a, It's not technically the last episode of the year, but it's the last author of the year. It is. I hope everybody had a really great holiday and enjoyed time with their family. I think everybody kind of needed it. Yeah, um, we did. And yeah, I hope everybody's been doing a lot of good reading and all that good jazz. We've missed you guys. I'm like shaking because I took that fucking five hour interview. <laughs> but yeah, so I have just been writing, so nothing really interesting for me lately. Um, but yeah, that's about it for me. Stevie, what have you been into? I've been reading a lot lately. I'm doing a Vegas reading challenge. So for those who don't know, we are going to Vegas in October. Um, so a friend of mine who was also a PA decided that we would do a reading challenge and we're doing KU authors first. Mm-hmm. And we've done Adriana Locke first. And then we are do now we are doing Laura Pavlov. And then we are going to spin the wheel again because we randomly spin a wheel. Yeah. The next author. I love that. So it's been a lot of fun. I just finished reading uh, Willa Nash's um, The Nanny, the, oh, the Naughty, the Nice, and the Nanny. Oh, cool, cool. It's part of her Holiday Brothers series, which is really neat. It's like three novellas, and they're all Christmas books. So the last one's called A Partridge in the Pregnancy. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> It's like the best title ever. I love it. I also, love it. I hate USPS this week. So um, what else is new? USPS has now lost three of my packages. Of course they have. I'm including, not even surprised. Including freaking Decker's birthday present. Aww. I said, I texted Kat and I said, I don't have hope for this present coming to your house. So now I'm gonna have to cancel it, reorder it on Amazon. I hate. I hate Amazon sometimes. Amazon, so Amazon. Well, so the thing I hate with Amazon, we pay for Prime. Why the hell are our packages delivered by Prime? Like I had ordered three books from Amazon because I got an Amazon gift card from one of my authors for Christmas. Shout out to Kat because she's MVP. Um, she was like, buy some new books for me. <laughs> so I bought three books and they freaking transferred it to USPS. And they freaking tried said they tried to deliver it. I they were like no access to the end or no access to entry. And I'm like, I wasn't home, first of all. My dog wasn't outside because I wasn't home. So how did you not get into my yard? I can't. I can't deal with it. Anyways, um, (laughs) other than that, 
I haven't really done anything interesting. Uh, like I said earlier, I'm super excited to chat with the author that we're supposed to chat with. We've had to reschedule like twice on my back. Oh my back. God, this poor girl. <laughs> Shit. But I am really excited to talk to her. Um, I think it's going to be super fun. She's one of our friends and I think it's going to be great. All right, well, let's go. Are we doing her, 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 her bio? I don't have it. Okay, well, that's fine. We can, we can. Hold up. I'm going to look it up. Stall, stall, stall. <laughs> stall, stall. I currently have beautiful Christmas decorations on my um, Zoom screen. Oh, be on the lookout for another episode. We are going to have one more episode of the year. Uh, not sure when we're going to record it yet. MJ and I have to talk about that. Um, but we are going to do one last recap episode of 2021. Which is very exciting. And we are going to recap all the episodes in 2021, which, by the way, this is episode 97. Really? This is out of do all- something for 100. I know. We're like two episodes away from... Well, so the next episode will be 98. And then um, we have one in the beginning of January. And I'm still booking all of those. So we'll probably have somebody cool and we'll be at 100. Maybe we'll I'm bring so Charlena Fuji back just because she's fun to hang out with for two hours. I love her, man. All right. Okay. I have the bio. Here we go. <clears throat> How do you say her name again? Alina. 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 Alina Lane writes swoony, steamy romance that combines all three to capture you from page one and keep you hooked long past happily ever after. A pocket-sized powerhouse. Oh my God, that's cool. A pocket-sized powerhouse. Alina lives with her personal hunky hero and two children in Arizona. Slathering on sunscreen and living life to the fullest, she enjoys hiking, camping, fishing, and rock climbing in her desert backyard. When not hard at work on her next literary escape, you can find her embracing her badassery on Call of Duty, binge reading, or shopping for nail dip sets to complement her book covers. Without further ado, let's go ahead over there and talk to Miss Alina. Thank you so much for joining us on the Bookshelf Boyfriends podcast. Alina Lane, welcome, welcome, welcome. <laughs> Can we give a round of applause for getting that one right? Shut up. Um, honestly, it is the simplest name ever, but this is the hardest time I have ever had with any name on this podcast for some reason. <laughs> Besides JT Geiser. I think I'm dying. I think I'm dying. My brain's short-circuiting. Anyways, thank you so much for coming on. We're super excited to talk to you and, you know, find out all the juicy details about you. Um, I like to start things off by asking how the weather's at where you are. Um first off thanks for having me super excited to be here I live in um Phoenix Arizona so our weather is fantastic we're still in shorts and t-shirts oh of course you know I'll be honest with you in North Carolina it's hot as balls here we're still in shorts and t-shirts meanwhile it's freezing here I really wish it would snow I miss the snow you can keep the cold weather I mean I'm going to Colorado tomorrow so I'll be in kind of cold weather so I love the cold weather on it weather I love the cold <laughs> weather honestly um I would much rather be in the cold than I would the hot and so I'm not a fan of it it's humid and sticky and gross and it's not nice at all see we don't have humidity and I'm a native so I'm so used to our summers you literally just go from your air-conditioned house to your air-conditioned car to your air-conditioned workplace to an air-conditioned store so <laughs> 
it's just you're literally just going from a cold place to a cold place to a cold place while it's 120 degrees outside jesus christ you could fucking (laughs) cook an egg on the fucking concrete in that weather you really can i am not surprised okay so (laughs) we're gonna hop right into questions about you know your books and that kind of thing um stevie am i highlighted i'm highlighted okay so stevie's gonna kick it off so stevie take it away (laughs) i can't talk today (laughs) we are going to dive right into the heartfelt series which with book one which is reclaimed love and this is a second chance romance with eric and kate which i love how you spelled this name by the way what was your initial i like how it's spelled yeah you don't have dyslexia (laughs) so i have a thing for weird names um like my son's name is d'artagnan and my daughter's name is anara and like, I have like, re- like, I, I like unique names. My husband has the most normal name in our family because his name yeah. is Nick. So, so I'm sorry for that. <laughs> so a lot of my characters have like funk spelling. So I like it though. I like it's it. It's fine. You're talking to somebody who was named after a female rock star. It's fine. It's all good. It's okay. And I have one really weird name. Nobody knows anybody else named Stevie besides Stevie Nicks. That's cool. I love it. I can dig it. So what was your initial inspiration for this story? Um, so Jackson and Olivia. So the hero and heroine of book two came to me first. Okay. But the more that I wrote their story, the more I realized that Kate and Eric's story needed to come first. So I had to stop. I think I was like 70,000 words into their story. And I was like, ah, I cannot do this. So I had to stop and then write the first book, which is Kate and Eric, before I could actually like fully tell Jackson and Olivia so they were the inspiration I would have literally died I'd have been like no <laughs> I'd have been like I'm 70k in I'm finishing this shit too bad <laughs> I would give I saved a lot of it MJ. I saved a lot of it yeah I have this very 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 bad habit of not physically not being able to let go of the words that I wrote right so I got like I want to say like I got like 25k into my current work in progress and know that I needed to start over because I hated it I still have that 25k I you can use it later like I don't don't ever delete just just stick it in a folder somewhere that's what I tell everybody to it it's like and it was like and take two like (laughs) and I'm gonna keep it so I literally I could never shoot that would have given me a heart attack all right so remember remember A.L. Jackson when she told us she scrapped her um 70,000 words no, a no book never two. Never she was happening. like, I scrapped it all. And I was like, uh, and she just finished book two. I would never, never do that. So um, July of last year, I had started writing Kate and Eric's story. And I was like, right before the black moment, like the moment where like all hope is lost. And I got up to go pee. And my daughter somehow selected all and deleted. And then my computer auto-saved. <gasps> shout like, out to your computer dude 72,000 words were gone completely gone it auto saved the deletion and I could not recover it so I feel you on the losing 95% of your manuscript I cried and then I drank a whole bottle of wine I would have I would have literally committed like actually like killed myself honestly <laughs> I don't I, <laughs> I'd have been like yep yeah, this book's not happening sorry um all right <laughs> the so- next yeah, move to the next one. All right, so Eric and Kate are getting their second chance after years apart. So what made you want to write a second chance romance? Um, they're my favorite to read. 
So I have been a avid romance reader since I was like 14 years old and my heart went little pity patty for Cedric Diggory and Harry Potter. So my grandma gave me a romance novel because I was like, I kind of want to read something different. And I've been like a huge romance reader since high school. And um, Second Chance is all, like always my number one. Like I will go to, I will read a second, like is you tell me Second Chance and I, it's on my Kindle, like hundred percent. So um, I love it. The angst is so good in Second Chance. So good. So good. It's delicious because you're, and like in mine, you don't find out what happened to like split them up until a good like 25, 30% through the book. Yeah, yeah. So you're just like, what happened? What happened? And like, I had so much fun writing their story. So we much fun. Build up. Like, I love the build up. Yes, it's so good. So good. I like wa- I like reading more. the different ways that people create second chance romances, like the way mm-hmm. that they different ways to set it up, you know, like, are you starting the chapters out seeing them from that age uh, mm-hmm. where they break up? Like, are you seeing the breakup in the prologue and then we're starting where they're at currently? Are you doing this? Are you doing that? I really like watching how people formulate a second chance romance and how they always end up so good, like never misses ever. They're so, so good. So like I wrote, um, Kate and Eric present day forward and I threaded in their backstory my author wife Brianna just got done writing a second chance and she like has like full-on backstory chapters and they're fantastic like freaking amazing she because I alpha read all of her stuff so she sends me chapters per day and I'm like I'm claiming this man he is mine I love it I'll give you another I'll give you another way so I'm writing a second chance even though it's dark but I'm writing a second chance but I did I split mine up in part one and part two so part one is like the breakup and part two is like the present so so is this Rook's story yes (laughs) yeah (laughs) so yeah they and, and and I think that's so cool how at authors our brains work and how we have decided for our characters that okay this is the best bet for you you need to have your past threaded through you need to have flashbacks you need to have this there was just so much shit from their past that I was like I can't flashbacks would be so confusing in the mm-hmm. novel because of everything that goes on in the present day I was like fuck it I gotta do part one I gotta do part one that's the best that's the only thing I know how to do so yeah I love that I love how authors are so different but similar all right so what was your favorite part about writing their story um so Kate gets bullied growing up and that is we write well we know I got bullied growing up and a lot of mine was due to like body image issues well during Kate's time away from Felt Idaho what are their names huh what are their names (laughs) um I I can't I would need to change name to protect the innocent because so felt Idaho Idaho is actually somewhere I live well I used to live in Teton Valley Idaho and felt is less than like 20 minutes from it and it's no longer technically a city so I stole the name for it but some of my bullies still live up there and one of um I don't know how it happened but a reader from that valley that I used to live in found my books and she was like oh my gosh and it was a huge thing um anyway so I'm over it I've healed I'm badass and amazing and the the loss is on them but Kate during her time away from Idaho when she's in Arizona she pretty much she gets healthy 
um, not only physically, but mentally as well. And she really falls in love with all of the stuff that her body can do. And tapping into that healing that I did from, you know, being bullied growing up was really fun to put it on the page um, because I'm huge into body positivity. Um, I am the biggest cheerleader you'll ever meet. If you ever do like Clifton's drinks, my number three is woo, um, which is like pretty much golden retriever energy. <laughs> I won't, I yeah. don't ever let my friends talk bad about themselves and I will cheerlead you from the comfort of my own home until I die. That is my favorite story. True story. Alina and I have, have many conversations. <laughs> I love that. I'm, I'm just like, I just feel, I mean, for me, it's just all across the board. I feel like being positive and women supporting women in all aspects of life is so important. We get shit on enough by other people. Like we got to have each other's backs, you know? And sometimes, you know, women are the most vicious towards other women. And it's like, damn, like, damn, honey, we're going through the same shit and you're coming at me like that. Stop. So yeah, I yeah. feel like, I feel like if you can, you know, uplift somebody's day with like a positive comment about their, you know, body image or, you know, anything in their life, I feel like that's super important. So kudos to you. I'm like Oprah with compliments. Like you get a compliment. You, you get, get a compliment. A compliment. <laughs> if I see something that I like, I'm not quiet about that. And I also, um, like I, if somebody like another female comes at me, I don't hold that against them because that's something that that's a rooted insecurity in themselves. I'm not responsible yeah, yeah. for that. I don't manage other people's feelings. I manage my own reactions and my own feelings. And those are the only things I'm responsible for. So I try to have a healthy outlook on it and not take stuff. So I love that. I love that. I get, I'm, you know, I try to do that, you know, and I, I think it takes I a think lot of practice. I think a lot of practice. I think as I've gotten older, I've more developed the, like, I mean, I've always had the really, like, I don't really give a shit attitude. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously it's like a shield, right? Cause obviously you give a shit. It doesn't matter how hard you are on the inside. You give a shit, right? Oh yeah. For I sure. Very much developed a thick skin growing up, uh, because I was raised by a single dad. So people didn't say shit to me cause they were afraid I'd hit them in the face and I probably would. But now that I'm an adult, I have now lessened my hit you in the face and more of like a, I don't really like, that's a you problem, not a me problem. Yeah. I'm not worried about it. Yeah. Um, kind of thing. So appreciative of you being able to write that because I think it's a very important topic. And I think that it's really important in romance as well. So kudos to you. So Love Reimagined released this past September, and this is the second book in the series. And we have Jackson and Olivia, which we talked about earlier. Mm -hmm. So these two have met a year earlier with a one night stand, and now their friends are trying to play matchmaker, which I love that because my friends used to do that the same shit. Okay. So what was your favorite part about their story and the connection that they shared? Um, I had a lot of fun writing Jackson because he is very much the male version of me. I can never turn down like a bet. I put a lot of myself into Jackson. Um, I make a joke about everything, even if it's inappropriate because emotional trauma, <laughs> like, like, this is who I yes! am. Um, uh, yeah. and, then, <laughs> um, and Olivia was probably the hardest I've ever had to write. Um, I don't want to give spoilers away, but I literally took my worst nightmare as a mom and I wrote it into a story. Um, oh. And it was, it, it, that was, I was in a really dark place when I wrote that, like her parts of the book, but yeah. I kind of like counteracted it with Jackson's like zest for life. 
and he was re he was really really fun really really fun to write because he's like my self-deprecating humor and like shenanigans um out out the window so I love that you know and a lot like a lot of authors are like oh yeah this female character is a lot like me like I don't feel like you hear often that you make the male character like you which I, I love that that's awesome yeah. that's epic all right Stevie go you're next okay so Jackson has felt heartbreak when his ex cheated on him was there anything about Jackson that was hard to write I tend to write my um females stronger than my males um and he needed a lot of work so he had like the trauma in his backstory but it was really balancing his what had happened to him with his decision to actively move forward and put it behind him while balancing the being vulnerable enough to help Olivia break down her walls and come and get like come to the relationship with that the mindset that they could move forward together that was probably yeah. the hardest part about writing him i love it okay so what can fans expect from a third book in this series uh, sparks i thought you were gonna um. say stuff <laughs> that's a me answer stuff <laughs> there's a lot of sparks there are shenanigans and um moonshine races what did you say <laughs> moonshine races moonshine races yes as in like white lightning moonshine the liquor yep what the fuck is a moonshine race um okay so spoilers sorry if anybody's you know listening but they're pretty much um there's a townwide celebration every year and it's called the cowboy courses and um because like it's very rodeo cir circuit up there it's like um like mud pie you have mud pie throws you also okay. have like frying pan tosses so like very very like rodeo circuit hickish like there's mutton busting and all of all of that fun stuff I'm from well the moonshine races I've never heard of this oh it sounds kind of fun I would go it is so it's it was a lot of fun to write but the moonshine races are pretty much uh two to three man teams in horse-drawn buggies and you have your driver and then your passenger goes or like every stop or every um quarter mile they stop and then they do a shot of moonshine and then they can complete some sort of like yeah. drinking game so there's like flip cup you have to lasso like a uh like a rocking horse um you've got to do like a beanbag toss into a cowboy boot there and it was so much fun to write um but they also there's like prank boxes in the in the buggies so you can like shoot confetti cannons at the other competitors. Like Mario Kart. Right? <laughs> it's fun. Yeah. So it's, it's like um like a rodeo version of Mario Kart. I literally love that. First of all, there's a game that my friends and I play. It's not moonshine races, but it is Mario. It's like we play Mario Kart, but you and we're drinking alcohol. Okay. So like you're driving and you have to you open up a beer or whatever beverage you're doing at the beginning of the game and you have to finish finish that alcoholic beverage before you cross the finish line but you can't drink and drive so you have to pull over on the side of the road <laughs> and drink and then drive right so I love if, you that. The, if you want to chug it at the beginning you could do that if you want to chug it right before you finish the finish line or like take breaks in between it is the easiest way to get so trashed you cannot even see straight do not recommend if you you know you know are lightweight or have to drive that night don't do it but I I am 100% a lightweight but we turned cards against humanity into a drinking game and that 
that is no bueno. So like, if you're the judge, if you pick, say I pick your card, you don't have to drink, but everybody else does. Oh, I love that. Oh my God. Look, I already talked to the girls that are going to NOLA and apparently I'm to bring my cards against humanity game to NOLA. It's going to be so fun. I'm so excited. People are going to be probably be on the floor after this. It's fine. I would be on the floor. I literally from 18 to 20 five was pregnant or breastfeeding so my alcohol alcohol tolerance is nil <laughs> we're okay, literally right. sharing an airbnb with like 12 authors mpas and you told me about that yeah so this I'm is gonna... going to be uh um, quite the experience in, Nor- in new orleans <laughs> all right cv take your favorite question and every author's like least favorite oh yeah this is fun so if this series was to be turned into a TV series or movie, who would you cast as the main roles? So I don't think visually. And when you guys sent me the questions, I sent them to my author wives and I was like, give me your picks. So I have a yeah. list. Um, so for Eric, Stian Bjorn, um, I can put his name in the chat because I feel like Miss Monty J is going to have a hard time spelling it. Um, or Maddie Gilbert. Or Maddie Gilbert. <laughs> so either Stian Bjorn or Maddie Gilbert um, are, is definitely Eric. I know, right? Um, oh and then, I love it. And then Kate is Molly Quinn. So okay. um, Castle's daughter, for if you've ever watched Castle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Jackson is if Cole Hauser and Scott Eastwood had a baby, it would be Jackson Sawyer. Okay. I love that combination. Me too, because I love some um, Scott Eastwood. Scott Eastwood. Man, it's beautiful. <sighs> He's I know. very pretty. Um, and then Liv is absolutely 100% Liv Blakely. Like, 100% Liv Blakely. Allie is... Um, she's a gossip girl, right? She's in gossip. Like lively, uh, yeah. Oh, I said it backwards. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. See, okay. I don't think visually, and I don't watch a lot of movies or TV shows. So, like, they gave me this list, and I was like googling them, and I'm like, yeah, that's right, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, all right. I love her. Yeah, and I then Allie her. would probably be Margot Robbie. Oh, I like. Margot is so pretty. She, she really is. is. She's so pretty. And she's so fun. If you've watched any of her like interviews, she's so fun. I have such a girl crush on that woman. And then Connor would probably be Thorin Bradley from TikTok. Thorin Bradley. We're looking. We're looking. <gasps> oh my God, you're talking about the lumberjack, aren't you? Yes. <laughs> I didn't even have to. I was typing him in Thorin Bradley. I was like, oh my God, wait, I know who that is. I know who that is. So there is literally a part in Connor and Allie's story when I'm like, he, you know, over six feet of lumberjack sex on a stick is exactly how I explained Connor. I, I, and, I and, and Bree, she was like, this, this, this is Connor to me. And I was like, okay, yeah, hundred percent. Cause like, I don't, I'm not on social media a lot. So I'm not on TikTok very often. I suck at posting on there. I'm almost Facebook is probably my number one social media, yeah. but I, Brie was like, you have to go check out this guy's TikTok. And he's like chopping wood. And I'm like, yep. Like, yeah, I can get behind yeah, this 100%. I think I'm the one who sent that to Brie because her and I were talking probably. about him because he's so pretty. Yes. He is literally, literally stunning. And he has this one TikTok video where he says, somebody, 
I think it's something about daddy. It says something in, oh my God, I, I, I can't even, it gives me chills. <laughs> it gives me literal chills. Okay, so Love what's it. next as we round out 2021 and head into 2022? Um, so I'm working on a new series. So book three, so Connor and Allie are in edits right now and I just started a new series. Um, so the three books in that series will be out next year along with Connor and Allie. Um, but I mean, I've got like three or four days until the new year. So I'm, I'm going to go up to Colorado and hang out with my author wife for a week. Oh, she's going to see Brie. I figured <laughs> I did the math in my head. I did the math in my head. I love it. We're super excited to see what you bring to 2022 and all the great books that you're going to bring. And we're excited. So I'm going to move on to writing questions, which is my section of the podcast obviously um anyways <laughs> that was a joke by the way um so we know i don't write yeah you do <laughs> shut up are you a plotter a pantser or somewhere in between i have tried to be a plotter i have tried and i can't do it so i'm like right in between so the way that i essentially write my books is kate and eric 100 were pantsed and the amount of rewrites and drafting changes that i needed to do through the story kind of drove me nuts so with um Jackson and Liv I sat down and I plotted my first act so that was my first like five beats in romancing the beat if you're a structural writer you know what that is Mm -hmm. um and then I wrote knowing that my characters were going to do whatever the fuck they wanted to do sorry um they were going to do whatever the hell they wanted to do you can definitely say fuck on the podcast okay okay Okay. (laughs) they were going to do whatever the fuck (laughs) they wanted to do yeah so and I just that first act And then once I got to the second act, I plotted with what they had done in mind to the third act, knowing that they would probably go off the rails again. This way they can kind of like do what they want to do, but I know where to start a starting point to spring load into the next act. Yeah. yeah. Um, And that worked really well. So I did that again with Connor and Allie. So I'm kind of like in between Um, with this new series. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm like a planter. With this new series though, I went in and I hardcore plotted because it's, there's like some suspenseful elements to it. And I wanted to make sure that I was hitting all of my P's and Q's and making sure I, I did not like leave anything open. Yeah. Um, and I'm already off script. So that was a terrible decision. I need to go back to being a planter. Um, you know, the beginning of my career, I was like, I am a planter, you know, I am. And then I did this podcast and I hear all these <laughs> authors talking about how they're pantsers and planters and I'm like yeah I'm a plotter I'm for sure a plotter like without a doubt some of the shit that y'all say that you do literally makes me want to break out in hives uh, like if like like I don't I don't know how people can like plot and keep their like my characters are like angry squirrels on crack in my brain yeah they're like we're gonna do this we're gonna do that and I'm like but it's not in the plan there's a plan why are you not following the plan so yeah. more power to you. If you can plot and stay on course, like, I, like Cecilia Mecca's like that. Like she's a hardcore plotter. She plots out almost every single aspect of her books and she stays on track. And I'm like, more power to you. I cannot freaking do that. I definitely plot like everything. I plot 10 chapters, every 10 chapters. So like 10, 20, 30, 40 till the book is done. Um, or however many chapters that I do and that way that it's still organic like my characters very much so do like if they go off the rails in a chapter and I'm like okay so we will adapt and shift this chapter to fit what it is that you're doing now Um, but I have to have a plot I have to have an outline that's kind of what I do mine's a little bit looser than that because I I primarily plot off of romancing the beat but like the wall I mean she's got post-its yeah that's that's like chapter 
uh, markers. I use Plotter because it imports directly into Scrivener. And I don't, like, when I'm writing, I can't have, like, the any what? Plotter. She, she uses Scrivener. She sells Scrivener to everybody that comes on here. Yeah, yeah. Plotter app. What is it called? Like, what do you, do you do it on your phone or what? No. Uh, hang I can, like, show you a plot if you, oh, hang on. Damn it. Um, but plotter is pretty, it, it's literally a plotting tool. So, um, I believe for like one device, it's like $25 a year. You could do like, just, uh, look up plotter through Kindlepreneur. It's P-L-O-T-T-R. Okay. Got it. And it's, um, it's, uh, you can either do, wait, I'm sorry. I've had it for so long. The, I have it on my computer, but they just, or they are launching a live desk, like an, a browser version of it. Okay, cool. Um, but, and that's where if like you collaborate with anybody, um, that's a really, the web browser one is good, but essentially it pulls up like templates and stuff and you can plot your entire book in there. It has a spot for timelines, for characters, for locations. Um, you can essentially build out your entire, your entire story in there. Okay, cool. I love that. All right. I'm going to have to look that up because, you know, I'm always looking for tools to help me fucking plot shit and be more. Oh, ma'am. If you, um, you need to let, if you want like tools and stuff, let me know. I, I'm taking, <laughs> let me know. Because I have such a controlling personality, apparently, that I didn't even know that I had. This job has made me realize that I am a very controlling person, apparently. So oh, she um, is very tight. Have- Just ask her PA. I just want to make sure that everything has a thing. All right. That's all I need. That's all I'm saying. Anyway, so do you have any interesting writing quirks? Like when you sit down to go write, like, do you have to like, you know, say the Pledge of Allegiance or like eat Twizzlers or like wear a pair of socks or something like that? I have the attention span of a cupcake. So if there's internet enabled on my computer or my phone within like reach distance, nothing's getting done so I leave my phone in my bedroom um I get up hella early in the morning and I try to get as much writing as I can done before I take my kids to school so okay cool I love that all right so what do you like to do when you're not writing um I a lot I have like I'm like the queen of hobbies like I'll try anything once but I I pretty much gravitate towards playing call of duty with my husband Mm -hmm. I bake a lot um, I do my own nails, like dip nails, and um, I watch anime with my husband. I love anime. We're basically, <laughs> MJ and her husband. Pretty much. <laughs> I mean, that's okay. awesome. So I cool. literally anime. I love. Oh my god. Oh my god. Wait, I gotta show you the, my 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 case that I got. From my phone. <gasps> Wait, I have another one too. Oh my gosh, I love it so much. You guys can't see it, but I'm showing her my Hero Academia uh, phone cover. <laughs> so I'm I'm not like, I love reading like dark romance, but I, I'm never really like, oh yay, the anti-hero person. But I will say I'm going to get a thigh tattoo of Todoroki on my freaking body. Like Wait, his face. Show Todoroki? Toto. Yeah. my boo thing i want i want there's this picture of like there's this tattoo obviously i want it done in like a different way i would love to have it in like watercolors but it's a three thing it's a panel like and it's got three sections and like you see the eyes of like bakugo and they're like orange and then you have deku which is green and then shoto which is red 
and it's like in a panel and I want that so bad because that's my big three baby I love them but I'll be honest with you this this last recent season um I realize that I'm not supposed to like the villains and I get that. And I don't get me wrong. When, when, when Shoto, Todoroki and Deku and Bakugo and class 1A go to whoop ass on Dobby and Tomorashigaraki, I'm going to be full on class A. We're fucking them up. Mm-hmm. However, that does not mean that the toxic side of me is not so in love with Dobby and Tomura. It is insane. Oh, hundred percent. Like I, so I, I love reading dark romance and I will cheer for them, but my, like my podium of book boyfriends are typically good guys because yeah, yeah. I, so it's just what I go for. So when they were fighting, um, stain is when I fell in love with Shoto when it was the Bakugo Toto Roki and like Deku and they were fighting Stain in that damn alley. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Oh my God, I've this never, ever seen ever had in my whole life. I'm like, I've never, ever, like, I've never had an anime yeah. crush before. And I've watched a lot of them with my husband. And I'm like, what is, what's, what is this what feeling in my chest? I <laughs> love this. Why I is this great? I really have so many crushes on that television show that it is insane. That is, it is literally impossible. Like, I love Shinzo, who's the guy who can use mind control, the purple mm-hmm. hair dude or whatever. I love oh, yeah. him. Um, but in this eraser head is like fantastic for if you want like Mr. Awazawa is the love of my life, the love of my life, okay? The love of my fucking life, okay? I love him and his banana suit. I I okay, but in this new season, Tomura Shigaraki, you see his background. And I was like, if you want me to be class 1A, you have got to stop, A, making these villains, like, amp up. Because Tomura went from very creepy to very hot in a matter of one episode. And I was like, oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. It's happening. It's happening. <laughs> so, yeah. So, you know, I have my thing. Oh, my God. And then, okay, wait. I mean, this is the last thing I'm going to say. How it, okay, I don't usually, like, ship people together. But Sun Eater and Lemillion those two are a fucking couple and you can't change my mind i'm 100 percent there right, right you cannot change my mind. they are a couple and so is bakugo and deku i don't give a fuck i don't give a fuck they're enemy lovers they love each other i don't care i don't care all right anyways moving forward sorry um, <laughs> what is the weirdest thing you've ever had to google for a book oh gosh i wrote this down so um, it got cut from the book, but there was a scene where Jackson was giving Liv a hard time for bailing after the one night stand. And yeah. I had to look up the female equivalent of what a nail and bail was. And there were some interesting things, um, like ways to say it. And I, I don't remember any of them right now. I have it bookmarked on my computer, but one of the related searches were unique ways to like title a flaccid penis. And there were, there were some, like, I'll send you the link. You can look at them, but I was dying laughing and I sent them to like my girlfriends and we, we had a fantastic laugh out of it because there's, that's probably the weirdest thing. Come and dump, come and go. Like, there's like so many ways to say, (laughs) like, hit it and quit it. It's insane. Yeah. But I had to write it from like the female perspective because she's the one that nailed and bailed. Yeah, 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 I love it. So it was fantastic, but I mean, it ended up getting cut from the book because it was a little wordy and telly. So I need the book. I need, I need the, I need the link now. I need that link now. Oh, I got you, boo. <laughs> All right, Stevie, take it away with reading questions. All right. So, what book has your favorite cover? Now, this can be one of your own or somebody else's. 
So he's, he's my number two and you guys had her on your show, but Maria Lewis is like goals and Nick Stamos, Nick Stamos is my number two book boyfriend. And the cover for hold me today is like glorious. I love that. Um, so that's my favorite, probably cover my quickly followed up by love me tomorrow because that's just hot yeah, her covers are always gorgeous i love how she's just pulling these things off the shelf i love this um i have i have oh 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 oh, oh. and then claire hastings out of bounds like look at this gorgeous cover like hello stunning stunning love it so the, hot. like I mean, blue flames and mm. so anyway but yeah, so those are my favorite covers by other people. Um, my favorite of mine is Reclaimed because my like all-time favorite color is purple and it's like a bluey purple um, mishmash. So I like how like the title. Yeah, I love that. Oh. I love his face also. Me too, it's very pretty. <laughs> I love his face. Stevie, what are you doing? Oh, you're getting, getting the cat. Sorry, she's getting the cat. Cat break. It's okay. You've probably heard my dog walking around. <laughs> what well, he is, he's a needy little person. He's fine. Um, so what attracts you to a book? The cover, the blurb, or recommendation? <sighs> um, first and foremost, recommendations. Um, I don't traditionally look at covers. They because I've read some really good books that don't have great covers. Yeah, yeah. Um, blurbs. I'll read them, but I don't really let it influence my decision. I never, ever read reviews for books. A lot of times Facebook ads get me and recommendations from my girlfriends because they, they all read the same things I do. So, but I'm like the, I'm like the, the power, I'm usually the one recommending. So. I love recommendations. That'll make me bump up like it on my TBR, like all the way to the top. If somebody I like, I like recommends it to me because obviously my friends know what I like. I am the queen of recommendations. You are. You do a really great job with that. I have a beautiful, beautiful spreadsheet. (laughs) 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 And they're, and they're ordered by trope and author. They are. Yeah. I, traditionally we'll just be like what do you like and then I recommend from there so like I've got my my husband reads romance because I've I found books that he likes um so Sherilyn Kenyon her league series um he started with that and then just kind of like branched off and he reads romance so all right I'm here for it well I have a lot of friends that do those weird reading challenges like with the like the bingo the bingo boards and all that fun stuff yeah I have a friend, Jess, who likes to send me the boards and I will give her all the recommendations for everything on there. She does not go find them herself anymore. <laughs> I do That's it. That's fantastic. That is fantastic. And then she just reads what I tell her to. I love that. Um, so what are, who are some of your favorite authors to read? And this is your chance to shout out your friend. So yes, Brianna. <laughs> so Brie, um, so I read both my peers so people who are in the same area of like their publishing career as I am um just because like I want to support people who are around me um but I have like I have Maria Lewis is probably my unicorn author um I love her I 
she FaceTimed me on my birthday last year and I almost had a meltdown in my driveway. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, I just got done reading Kate Canterbury's The Worst Guy and it is fantastic. Lucy Score, Claire Kingsley. Um, Mm -hmm. Nora Roberts is probably my number one. Like I will read her all the damn time because she just has a way of evoking emotions in books that I will never be able to mimic or create in my own. Um, I love her. Who else is on my so Catherine Nolan um Iwana Andrews Addison Kane is amazing Myra Danvers um Addison Kane and Myra are dark romance authors mm-hmm. Shane Starrett is a dark romance author he's fantastic um I like giving him a hard time so he's a really good friend uh Claire Brie Emily Silver I read a lot. I read like almost 500 books this year, guys. Holy shit. (laughs) I read 600 last year and 150 this year. 582 last year. I'm at like 497 this year. And that's just on my Kindle. That's not counting what like I arc read for author friends. Um, But I'm, I traditionally, I just, I love Penny Reed, um, R.L. Mathewson. I could go on and on and on all day long. I really could. I'm here for all of it. I'm here for all of it. All right. Wait, wait. It, I, I, I literally about. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I, sorry. She reads, but I know I already know that answer. So no, you're okay. Um, okay but I will I, say Maria I, Lewis, her, her episode, everybody loves her episode. She's and hilarious. I, but it ended up being like two hours. Uh, yeah, I listened to it. It took me like. So I listened when I'm in the car doing like school drop-offs and pickups and it took me like three drop-offs and pickups to get through it. <laughs> however, however, I, Maria Lewis was the first indie author I ever read and the first indie author I ever binged. And from her, mm-hmm. I like kind of like branched out because I, I'm, I'm a poor bitch. I rely on my like library a lot. And then I found KU when it first came out. Um, and then just from there, it's history. She's a, she's awesome. I cannot she's wait to fantastic. go to NOLA next year and meet her because I already told her we're coming to NOLA I'm and so she'll be in Philly in November with me. So I'll be excited to see her again. But oh yeah. I forgot she's doing Indies in Bade this year. Yep. She is doing yeah. it, her and Candy and Tia and uh, Willow and Jen Sterling and all, our group from our uh, indie panel are going to be it's there. All of them, bro. All of them. <laughs> is, is Smoke Detector Daddy going to be there? No, God, no. Uh, <laughs> he's going to Vegas, though. He is going like, to We got to get him and Jen, like, together in a TikTok, just for fun. <laughs> Don't cover your face. It was great. It was great well, YouTube television. Like, everybody was obsessed. <laughs> my dad, dude. I, I literally cannot. I cannot with that man. Anyway, okay, your, your dad is literally, like, personality-wise, my husband. He will ham it up. And he is, like, I the biggest it. goofball ever. And attention whore. And so when like that happened, I was dying laughing and I was like, yeah, see, he's your dad, but I married that. So he's so I can't with him. He's too much, too much. He's the best. Oh my God. If you listen to Lisa Suzanne's episode, he makes an appearance in there too. He just keeps popping up. He just pops up whenever he wants to, whenever he fucking feels like it. He's just, yeah, hello, I'm here. You know, look at me. It's like dad please oh please. but Trelina will get to meet your dad in Vegas I don't even want to talk about it <laughs> it's gonna be fantastic gonna your dad is awesome thank you we will tell him you said that it'll just <laughs> light his ego even more anyway so 
Um, we're going to move to the last section of the podcast, which is trope questions. We love these questions. It's so much fun. Um, so what's your favorite trope to write and why? So far, second chance, um, again, because of the angst in the backstory. And it's really challenging to figure out, like, like you said, how do you want to, um, present that backstory? Do you want yeah, to yeah. in? Do you want different parts? Do you want to do flashbacks? Mm-hmm. So I had, that was probably Kate and Eric's book was the most challenging for me to write, but also the funnest. Okay. Yeah. I like that. All right. See, so we go. Go. go, go, go. What is one trope you would eventually like to write and why? Um, it's not really a trope. It's kind of a subgenre. I want to write romantic suspense um, because I love that there's external crap going on that kind of like either forces your hero and heroine together or kind of like shoves them apart. And I feel like that would be a really cool tightrope to walk. I love a good romantic suspense. I um, love it my fave i love dark romance it's my shiitake mushrooms i love it um so what is one trope you'll never write and why or if you're somebody who says never say never what is like the farthest thing on your list okay so i know you guys have a thing about this but i'm i'm like the opposite of your your formula reverse harem and I will say I will never write that there are too many body parts for me to keep track of so you're so you but no you are falling into our formula because we have we have this theory that either people don't want to write they'll say they'll never write reverse harem or they'll never write secret babies and I won't write that either that's why I said I'm kind of like the like those are my top two I won't write so um Brie did a great surprise pregnancy I also don't like reading or whatever baby pregnancies like those aren't my my favorite type of books because I read for an escape and I have semen pets here at home that I'm trying to ignore (laughs) (laughs) I mean that's what they are (laughs) semen pets that's the best thing that anybody has ever called a child ever oh I mean I love them I mean I, I, I help create them but I want to ignore them when I'm reading so I'm like I don't mind like single parent I don't mind if there are kids in books. I don't want to read about pregnancy because mine sucked and that takes me back to not a great place. So surprise it. baby, secret baby. Um, not my jam. I'll probably never write those. And I don't like no shade to people who do write them. If that, if you like that, absolutely go for it. hundred percent. I support you. I just, I'm not your intended audience. So we'll just leave it at that. Or, yeah, I, I feel that on a spiritual level. I do. I do. I really do. I mean, there are some authors who make bank just writing them, though, which is really funny to me because, like, because, Alexis, because, because I mean, there's, there's angst. angst. Right. There's, um, a, and, like, angst. Alexis has written, I mean, Alexis Winters has written so many of them, I, I've lost count. But then you have Nikki Ash, who's written a ton of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there are authors who gear directly towards that, and... I am their intended audience that they normally seek me out. No shit. (laughs) I literally can't. All right, CV, take our last question, ma'am. I almost did it again. If you were in a book, what trope would you want for your story? So I kind of married, like I got my trope when I met my husband and that was like friends to lovers. Um, mm-hmm. so I would want, I would, I kind of want to try enemies to lovers because you can't really tell with the color in it, but like, I'm a redhead and I like to fight and argue. Um, and I feel like, <laughs> I feel like I would do that part justice if it was yeah. like real life. 
but yeah, probably, probably enemy lovers or like forced proximity, like stick me in, give me a single bed and I will sully the shit out of a hot hero. Like I will sully the shit out of him. I love that. I think it would be so great in a, in a enemies to lovers. Honestly, you're the, you're the heroine. Everybody wants to be in an enemies to lovers, like 100%. <laughs> <laughs> I right, would choose so uh, billionaire just because they can buy me books and have a library, and he could be anything. Mine is reverse harem because shocker. I like you that. have yours picked out because I listened. Yeah. So you, you have it like I, I don't know if if I had to have a reverse harem, um, the Hollow Boys are kind of at the top of my list right now because I started that this morning and I sent you messages and I'm like 35 percent in right now. And I was like, okay, you have to put it away to, oh, I just said my real name, whatever. Um, but like, I had to put it away so that I could get ready for this. And I was like, oh, I can't postpone the damn podcast, but I want to keep reading. So this is what I'm doing for the rest of the night. <laughs> I'm going to be reading because I'm obsessed with Thatcher. Like I've never, I've never been like, oh, I want to read a serial killer romance before, but now I do. So thanks for that hooker. <laughs> Honestly, and all because I kept telling her, I was like, you should really read MJ's new book. Everybody and their mother is like a Thatcher fucking super fan. Like if I had divided everybody into clubs, Thatcher has like nearly everybody in that club. There's like a few people who are Rook fans. And I think that'll change once this book comes out. Cause Rook fucking just, that man, he just took it's gonna off. Be one of the like, longest books. He's too. kind of like the maniacal, like you, like the maniacal bad boy where you don't know if he's going to kiss you or kill you. Yeah, and I'm kind of here for that. And then you have like the select few that are Silas girls. And I love them because they fucking are crazy. Them hoes be in my DMs like y'all gotta you get a teaser for Thatch. You know what you're doing for Silas yet? You know what you're doing for Silas yet? And I'm like, dude, he's the last book. Everybody remain calm. It's gonna happen when it happens. That's really good though. So like, um, have you read Laura Thalassa's Four Horsemen series? Yes. From Mm -hmm. day one, people wanted death they wanted death like and in her group people were going nuts and she only releases like one book a year so you knew it was going to be a goddamn wait so that's that's sign of a dedicated fan base right there I know but I mean he needed to be last because he needs the time he needs yes absolutely considering what happens like I won't spoil it but I need to I want to read like the rest of the night you'll have to message me with what you think at the end you'll have to message me you're, like, right. you're not getting like blow by blow messages because I, I love doing that. Like my yeah. whole reaction. I'm like, nope, you cool. You cool. Look, you she's off tomorrow. So you can yeah, yeah, yeah. Her messages out. yeah, blow me up. Um, all right. So that's our last question for you on the podcast. You've been such a phenomenal guest and a phenomenal friend. And we love having you on here. Thanks. Um, we want to give you a few minutes to talk about if you have a book coming up soon or a sale or anything like that. And then let our listeners know where to find you. Uh, the floor is yours. Uh, so I don't really have a whole lot. Um, I'm still in like the building my backstage or backlist department. Um, uh, book three. So Connor and Allie will come out February 24th and, um, you can pretty much find teasers for that and all of that information, um, by subscribing to my newsletter, which is, um, accessible at my website, alinalee.com, or you can pretty much find me on any social media platform. So just kind of working through edits on that. Um, I tend to keep it low key. I stay in my lane when it comes to writing and all of that fun jazz. If you are an aspiring writer, though, I do run a group called Readers Writing Romance. Um, And 
we've been a group for a little bit over a year now, almost two years, two years in May. And so if you are an aspiring writer and you want tips and tricks and, you know, kind of like a helping hand or a cheerleader, because that's what I am, Aww. feel free to join. I love that. And you, you're amazing. I love that so much. I could have used that shit when I was fucking doing this shit. But um, thank you again so much for coming on and talking to us. You've been amazing and we hope to talk to you again soon. Thank you.